everyone, this is Sarah Mason from the HMC Network, and I am sitting here with two-time Oscar-nominated composer, the great, the legendary Alan <laughs> Silvestri, who is one of my personal heroes. Fantastic. I'm pinching myself that I'm here <laughs> with you. And we're here to discuss your work on Avengers Endgame. We are. And hopefully a little bit of a few others. <laughs> sure. Wherever you want to go, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Uh, now, you came into the Marvel Universe with uh, with First Avenger, Captain America First Avenger. That's correct. And then created the amazing Avengers theme. I have to say that really starting with Captain America First Avenger, your score set the tone for that universe. And then again with the Avengers theme. So how do you go back and now with Endgame and Infinity War, and where do you go with the process of the themes? Do you already have the themes? Do you start with a new theme for these? And like, how does that process work for you? Well, it was a, uh, a kind of um, building upon the past, in a sense. We had this Avengers theme. We actually had a couple of Avengers hmm. themes, um, when I came back on Infinity War, we also had now um, the bad man. Thanos. And, yeah. And, and this, he had his own theme, he too. He <laughs> had a lot of thematic material. Yeah. And he, he needed it, and he earned it. Mm. Um, so that was a new aspect of Infinity War. And then going forward um, to Endgame, um, we still needed more thematic material. Um, that we really hadn't found or needed in the earlier Avengers films. We had we had some heavy lifting to do in mm. Endgame, um, saying goodbye to some of our near and dear. It's a very melancholy score, and, yeah. and I and it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I was listening to it again last night, and I just it's very sad. Which is the film's sad. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, um it's um it is a the the goodbye to a fallen hero mm-hmm. and it has to have a sense of reverence, a sense of honor, a sense that you did great, a celebratory sensibility, but it's still saying goodbye to mm-hmm. so many of our near and dear um, and, you know, so interesting, uh, you know, to have to, um, be part of that in the storytelling process, you know, we say goodbye to Tony, um, and that's kind of, you know, this, um, almost religious event. Yes. And then, you know, Kevin had said early on, we're, we have this idea for the main on end. And we're we're just gonna really need you to do something special for that. And it's like, oh, oh no. Are so, you talking about the end where they all show up? The, the, well, that's the portals when everybody oh, right. in the movie, which was also oh, that, that's a new theme, and that was was incredible. And you really yeah. feel it because that is the yeah. moment that literally for the entire ten years, yeah, yeah. as a fan of this, yeah. and that punctuates it in a yeah. way that you, I really wasn't expecting. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, it is where everybody comes back together. And I know Joe and Anthony 
um, were, you know, talking to me about that from the very beginning. It's like we got to get this right. Well, I mean, you we got, got it right. It. Well, hopefully, we got <laughs> we did. got close. Uh, the scene in which literally all these famous people converge on the lake at once, which is, yeah. I can only imagine yeah. being like someone outside all those trailers as they were all walking. Can you imagine? <laughs> there's Michelle Pfeiffer, there's Chris Pratt, there's Michael Douglas, there's and Michael on and on and on. It's and on. incredible. How, how do you approach doing the theme for that? Or are you dealing really with the theme for Tony? I mean, how, is there, yeah. how do you do that? It was really... Um, based around Tony. Mm -hmm. And I think Tony was, in a sense, the the heart and soul somehow of this Avengers um, phenomenon. Of course, they were all absolutely amazing, but Mm -hmm. somehow Tony just, you know, early on captured this kind of great sensibility so that was all written in a sense for tony okay and um everyone who was there at the lake house was honoring him and by being there honoring the avengers Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was amazing i remember again sitting there with with joe and anthony and we had we had um, started to rehearse that cue, um, and we only heard some of that material at the very beginning of the film when Tony was dying, um, after he talked to Pepper and left the right. message for her. Right, so we come back so to sad. it, and it's it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. um, but when we rehearsed that, um, I had the orchestra playing as that pan up mm-hmm. begins. And we start to reveal all of these people. And I remember Joe just, he listened, and Anthony, and they went, can you just give us any more there? This is like the most amazing shot. We're panning up to see all these people. And so, you know, we wound up playing out um, much stronger than the original pass had been Mm -hmm. because it was a lot. To, you know, we had to fill the room somehow, right? Uh, just the way these these performers were. The, I don't think people realize how much responsibility is on your shoulder. <laughs> I mean, this is a cliche. Now, a film is not a film without a great score, and so there is a huge weight on your shoulders with this end of this series and really kind of carrying the punctuation of mm-hmm. it. And it's, I mean. You know, you've been doing it for a long time, so I know you're comfortable with it, but I'm just curious how it felt to have this sort of universe in your hands. Well, if you're lucky and you're in my position, if you're lucky to have incredible filmmakers um, to work with, then you kind of instinctively know, I just have to follow what they're doing here and not mess this up. That's awfully to, humble. Of uh, you. No, 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 no. Um, and it's 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 a very interesting question because uh, you know I look at the orchestra and there they are. They have this enormous amount of music to play. They've never seen a note of it before they walk in, mm. 
in the morning. And you conduct the orchestras yourself. Um, I, this, I did probably the first four days or so. Uh-huh. And then because of the schedule, um, I came back to the States and we carried on remotely. Um, but it's fascinating with the orchestra. Um, there's a lot of money being spent. A lot has mm-hmm. to be done on a schedule. And they, they talk about playing music. Now, in one sense, the pressure on these folks in Abbey Road, yeah. 95 people, the idea of anything that's going to happen in that room that's going to resemble playing is pretty wild because the pressure on them is enormous. And yet, it's their job to somehow get through all of that at pressure curve and and find a way to play. Mm. And I really felt that Joe and Anthony found a way with the enormous pressure on them. They found a way to play, to be adventurous, mm-hmm. to be willing to explore. An insane amount of pressure on these, these guys. Yeah. And yet I always felt that with me, they're they're playing. It's like, hey, Al, what if we tried that? What if we did that? Oh, no, that'd be good, you know? And... So you guys, you, your hearts, you should be walking around with defibs. <laughs> There's so much pressure yeah. on you guys. How could you even speak? And yet they carried it. That's great. And it was, it was incredible and inspiring. So it's like, yeah. I'm going to complain now. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, you know, I, I always feel you're either part of the solution or part of the problem. Right. So be part of the solution. You know, uh, yeah, if, if Joe and Anthony start complaining, then think about it. They never did. They just went firmly forward. It was amazing. That's great. I, I've got to ask you about your relationship with Robert Zemeckis. Sure. Uh, you're, the diversity of your work is incredible. I mean, so you started working with him with Romancing the That's Stone correct. and you, Forrest Gump, Castaway. You're going to be doing The Witches, mm-hmm. I understand, which yeah. I'm very excited about. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that, just in terms of how it came about and how special it is. Well, it's, I mean, you, you can't even dream of that. Um, and, uh, you know, he is, he's just this amazing filmmaker and this amazing student of film. And he's... He's also this incredibly loyal um, team builder. Hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I think Jerry Goldsmith deserves the credit of saying that, you know, when a composer and a director meet, it's like a first date. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary. And so like, now it's like a marriage, I guess. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly what it's like. And, uh, and everything that goes with it. You've been through a lot. You've been through ups and downs, sometimes between the two of you, mm-hmm. sometimes between the two of you collectively and the forces out there, either in the marketplace or, you know, um, things that naturally come to challenge filmmakers. And all this time invested and the trust that comes from that mm. and the shorthand that comes from that. Yes. So you remember when we were in Venice that time and <laughs> we saw those two guys and we went in and yeah, 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 I remember that. Well, it's kind of feels like that. 
it's like incredible now. I mean, Bob and I, I think, are, I think this is number 24. Wow. That we're doing. The Witches. The Witches, I think, is number 20. I think it might be 24. And it's 30 plus years. And it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I never assume that he's going to call me for the next film. I never hmm. assume that. And it's, it's interesting because every now and again, he'll say something when we're working on an earlier movie. Um, and he'll say, well, you know, this, you know, gotta, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do the witches and so-and-so, but it's like, he didn't, he didn't say I'm going to do it. And so until he says, now, Al, you're going to, you're going to slot out some time for me here. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, that means I'm doing it. That's you know? amazing that you don't just I assume. Never, <laughs> I would never do that. I mean, he must always have the freedom, which he does, right. to do the best, make the best choice for whatever well, it is he's doing. The, I mean, I, well, I can't imagine I mean, that he would pick somebody else. Uh, it's amazing, too. Um, he has never pigeonholed me or typecast me. Hmm. Um, well, your work is so diverse. I mean, like you, like when I came in and I said, you know, how much I love Practical Magic, mm-hmm. you're doing Endgame. I mean, they couldn't be more different, no, you know? It's, it's true. It's true. Um, but again, I'm, you know, my task is to help the filmmaker tell their story. And so if they're telling a romantic comedy, okay. If they're telling, you know, this wild animation noir film like something like who framed roger rabbit okay let's do that and if it's infinity war and endgame and the darkest you know to use um joe and anthony's words epic operatic (laughs) let's do that i mean it's incredible to have the opportunity to you know be part of these diverse kinds of narratives do you have anything left that you want to do I don't. Hmm. I really don't. I love helping a filmmaker tell their story. And every, every opportunity to do that is different. Um, there is no one genre of film where I say, oh, I've always wanted to do this or that. I really, it's kind of not like that for me. It's really about being a part of this storytelling process. And that's the part that um, that's exciting for me. I don't write music outside of film, at least not yet. You've written some, done some songwriting, though. No, well, you've won right. some Grammys. Yeah, but <laughs> but but that's in the context of of a, you know being driven by the film again. Right. Um, so that's so kind of storyteller. I I would say that that's the part of it that um, I discovered in my very first meeting. When I was, I think maybe 21 years old, I, you know, I wound up with this opportunity to score a film. I had never scored a film, didn't know anything about it. I literally read a book the night before. I went in and saw this film, and had this meeting with a producer. And maybe an hour later, I'm still talking about everything I'm going to do. And it's like, who is that guy? (laughs) Where did that come from? So, yeah, I discovered that, that I like the storytelling aspect of it. Well, you're a wonderful storyteller, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No, it's a pleasure talking to you. Great. 